0: This week on Hometown Ghost Stories. On this special Halloween edition of Hometown Ghost Stories, we dive into another batch of true, terrifying stories that you've never heard. Every one of these stories was submitted by our listeners. This is part four of Terrifying Ghost Stories You've Never Heard. Happy Halloween from everyone at Hometown Ghost Stories.
1: Town Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It all started when I was living in a split house that was converted into apartments. Everything was fine until one of my neighbors started harassing me and it was uncomfortable to even live there. So I decided to break my lease and find a new place as soon as possible. There was an available apartment a couple blocks away, so a friend and I went up one day to check it out. Amazingly, the door was unlocked, and we went inside to see. It's not breaking and entering if the door is unlocked, right? It was a nice apartment, although the energy in there felt heavy, like there might be a presence. But I desperately needed a new place to live. We decided that I would just sage the place before moving in, and it would probably be fine. Spoiler alert, it was not fine. I moved in the next week. The bedroom door came with a mirror mounted on it that always creeped me out. Staring into it, sometimes it appeared to ripple like a still lake that you toss a pebble into. I didn't think much of it until the nightmare started. I would have dreams that a ghost named Charles was trapped in the mirror, and he would laugh maniacally at me. After two of those dreams that first week, I took the mirror off the door and put it in the trash outside, careful not to break the glass in case there was a spirit trapped inside. I thought this would stop the haunting, but boy was I wrong. From the living room, there was a hallway that went straight into the bathroom, and to the left of the bathroom was my bedroom. I soon started to see a tall shadow man in the bathroom doorway. I wasn't sure if I was seeing a ghost or if it was just the light playing tricks on my eyes but it felt like it was watching me and it made me very uncomfortable. At night, I would hear whispers that sounded like they were coming from my closet. It was a spectral conversation being held between a man and a woman but I could never make out what they were saying. Some nights, I would see little orbs of light flittering about just outside the closet the shadow man in the bathroom doorway was becoming a daily sight i constantly saw him and somehow knew it was charles i hadn't gotten rid of him by disposing of the mirror as someone who did a lot of paranormal investigations and was used to living in haunted places i tried to just ignore him one day my best friend kate came over and walked to a spot in the living room where she could see down the hallway to the bathroom Her head shot over to the bathroom doorway, and she asked, Is someone in your bathroom? My jaw dropped in disbelief, and as soon as I composed myself, I replied, You see him too? Because of the apartment's close proximity to downtown, I would often have friends stay the night so that they didn't have to drive home late. One night, a friend slept on my couch and said that he woke up to see a shadow person floating above him. Another friend reported that he used the bathroom around 3 a.m. and didn't turn on the light. But while he was in there, a flickering light illuminated the bathroom as if someone had lit a candle. A person I was dating for a short time also heard the voices near my closet and saw the orbs. As creepy as all the occurrences were, the fact that others experienced them felt validating. As days went on, even showering became uncomfortable as I could see in my mind's eye, a shadow figure standing just on the other side of the shower curtain facing me. My cat started spending a lot of time in the bathroom and would sit in there for hours and meow. Tension felt like it was building. These things still didn't deter me from living there because, aside from the uncomfortable feeling of being watched and the small annoyance of the ghost making himself known, truth be told, I loved the place. A while later, a Native American friend of mine told me that he would help get rid of the ghost using a tribal ceremony. He saged the apartment and placed herbs all over the doorways to seal them off, thinking that he had vanquished the ghostly threat. However, this just made things even worse. So much worse. I would now see Charles in the bathroom doorway constantly, watching me. I could feel his anger at being sealed into one spot. At night, while lying in bed, I would keep my door only open about an inch. One evening, my door started to rapidly swing back and forth. This was terrifying, as nothing had ever moved before. As it swung back and forth, I shouted at it to stop, and it would stop. I tested the door to see if it was weighted to favor closing in a certain direction, but it wasn't. Of course, that wouldn't have explained the quick opening and closing of the door anyway, but I tried to debunk it for my own sanity. This would become a nightly occurrence. Finally, I shouted, stop. Fine. We need to compromise. I'll keep the door open halfway if you stop moving it. And as long as I kept it halfway open, the door never moved again. I used to do paranormal investigations for historic buildings around town and hang out in cemeteries looking for evidence. So I had a digital recorder with approximately 20 recorded tracks on it. I kept this recorder on my coffee table in a small decorative box. One day, I was watching a movie and I heard a weird, static hissing noise. I didn't know what it was or where it was coming from, so I followed the sound to the box. I opened the lid to see the recorder flipping through each one of the tracks in one second intervals like a spirit box. This was not something my recorder was meant to do, or was able to do, and I didn't know why it was happening. I picked up the recorder and saw that the power lock was still on it, meaning it should not have been able to turn on without flipping that lock off. I tried desperately to turn the recorder off, frantically pressing all the buttons but it kept flipping through each track. Finally, I flipped the recorder over and took out the batteries and it stopped. I had never been so creeped out by anything in my life until I decided one night that it would be a good idea to try and catch EVPs in the apartment. Word to the wise, never do that in your own home unless you love feeling even more uncomfortable. One night, I went into my bathroom and did a very short two-minute EVP session, asking the spirit, What is your name? After the two minutes, I replayed the recording, only to hear a growling, raspy voice whisper in response, What does it matter? Nope. I walked right out of the apartment and was going to leave until I realized my keys were in the bathroom. That's fine, I thought. I'll call a friend to come get me. Guess where I left my cell phone? Yeah, the bathroom. Once I realized there was no escaping without going back in, I just decided to sit there with discomfort and fear. By this point, I had lived there almost three years, so I was very used to feeling watched and having a slight amount of fear surrounding Charles. Shortly after the EVP incident, I was in my bedroom, and as I walked through the doorway into the hall... I saw what looked like a bat swoop from the right side of my head to the left. I followed the motion with my gaze, and something out of the corner of my right eye caught my attention. Dread and panic filled me as I turned my head in front of me to the ground. And there was a goddamn ghost corpse torso crawling with its hands towards me. Let me say that again. Just the upper half of a corpse crawling towards me, mouth agape. It was ragged and bald. It looked like something out of a Tool music video, creeping ever closer by clawing withered, bony fingers into the carpet in a ghostly army crawl. I gasped and jumped backwards into the safe confines of my bedroom, eyes wide and panicked. I stayed there only long enough to catch my breath, and then peeked my head into the hallway to see if it was still there. It vanished as quickly as it had appeared because I was becoming accustomed to all this phantom horseshit, I shrugged my shoulders and went about my evening, as if I hadn't just had a ghost corpse yeet itself at me. I was shaken for sure, but I wasn't leaving because of some asshole ghost. My apartment had heated floors. I live in the Pacific Northwest. That's a luxury in the winter. With all the energy ramping up in my apartment, I decided that I needed to get rid of the herbs above the doorway. It did not help my situation by putting them there, and I thought this gesture might be somewhat of a peace offering. It did help to settle the energy in the apartment, but it didn't stop the activity. Now, Charles seemed to be in a better mood. I had a routine of using the bathroom around 2 a.m. every morning, and upon flipping the light on, I would hear a jovial, almost childlike voice chirping, good morning, and by this point, I was just grumbling, an annoyed response of, Ugh, good morning. The last year I was at the apartment, it seemed that Charles and I had worked out a compromise, and he realized his shit wasn't going to make me leave. So we became cordial. The uncomfortable feeling, mixed with a tinge of fear, never left, and I still saw him in the bathroom. But I moved out after four years, and I often wonder if the next person had any issues. I don't know if the spirits had always been there, or if I brought them home from one of my paranormal investigations. I have since quit spending most of my time in haunted places, looking for ghosts, and have only had minor run-ins with our friends from the other side. Stories sent in by Lacey in Spokane, Washington.
0: What's going on ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hometown Ghost Stories. Listeners submitted Ghost Stories Part 4. I almost try to throw out an episode number. This is not a numbered episode. This is a very special episode, a live episode. And, uh, and it is Halloween weekend. Halloween is tomorrow. It is the eve of Halloween. There's some name for today. Anyone got it? Nope. Monday. No, yes. uh, uh, it's, it's got an actual name.
1: Uh, Hallows Eve, Eve. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> very good. Perfect. So <laughs> I'm Jesse Wilkins. I'm joined by Rob Coakley. Hello, Rob. These are some of our most popular episodes. We get to tell listener stories, sort of the original premise of the show. We still have to deal with Dave. That's bad, but everything else is great. It is uh, It is good. Devil's Night is what Mara says, and I'm pretty sure that
0: is the name that I was looking for there. Yes, we're also joined by Dave Wilkins. Hello, Dave. Yep, here I am, and you're stuck with me. We are. Forever. We've tried to yep. kill him multiple times. So it hasn't friend. worked. He's a lot stronger than us. Oh, Rob, look who made it.
1: Oh, great, great. We're so happy that I (laughs) Hate Rob is here.
0: Speaking of which, uh, thank you everyone for joining us. It is an off night, so I was wondering how much people would be in attendance since it is not a Tuesday night, which is usually when we broadcast, but it is a Monday night, and thank you guys for spending that Monday with us. I do want to give a big shout out to Matthew T, who donated 10 gifted memberships on YouTube, and Lucky Gypsy sending a $4.99 donation in Super Chat. Thank you so much, and thank you guys all for being here. I'm excited for Halloween. You guys excited for Halloween? Absolutely not as excited as the people in Anna Campbell's neighborhood. She says, "Oh, we had trick trick or treats last Thursday." <laughs> oh, so they they're just they're jumping the gun there. They're ready to rock.
1: That's such an Ohio thing. I think Anna's from Ohio. This is why Ohio's the worst state. Just so you What's know. It's the best state. Are you can well, if, hey, if if there's multiple nights of trick or treating, well, if they're it. doing multiple nights, it just feels like they're just all willy-nilly here. Just it's like, "Oh, we'll just do it Thursday the 26th." that's that's halloween right yeah why a thursday so I, i've seen yeah. when halloween falls on a school
0: night i've seen towns initiate trick-or-treating on the weekend before or weekend after but why on a thursday that that, that seems that's another school night
1: mm. strange well you forget that people don't go to school in ohio what do they do out there we Nothing. never know far know so let's talk about that first not we make are... good pizza
0: there's very few places that do we happen to be in one of the states that do make good pizza
1: but without further ado that first ghost story was from where rob that was from spokane washington sent into us from lacy and it's a bit on the longer side for our listener stories but there's so much in that story that i really like it's it's got like all the stuff we're looking for. There's validation from other people coming into the apartment, having the hauntings happen. There's consistency yet. We have some different types of hauntings that I haven't heard of that really stood out to me. And if you really break it down, it, it makes it's, you know, it feels like there's a lot, but it's over the course of four years. So it's not like all of this happened in one night. We're getting the hauntings that have happened over the course of a long period of time, which is what I think people forget sometimes just because a place is haunted. doesn't mean that it's haunted every night. Something's not going to happen every night. So it sounds like a lot more. I mean, there's a lot in this story. Don't get me wrong, but there's, it's over the course of four years rather than a single evening. I mean, it's still a lot, even though it took
0: four years i mean it really elevated the whole haunting i mean it mm-hmm. starts with like a mirror ghost and then it all of a sudden you got torso ghost crawling across the floor which is an absolutely horrific image to think about matthew mm. t brought up a good point that it was only half as
1: horrifying as it could have been because once you get those ghost <laughs> legs
0: it just doubles the scare
1: <laughs> right that's absolutely true but yeah the 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 ghost corpse you know crawling towards you on a carpet floor just just the images are terrifying we got another charles ghost and and getting the actual like name of the ghost and naming it human like humanizing the ghost it it makes it a whole different ball game sometimes you know what i mean because it's almost like you're on some sort of more of a personal level so it, it just this story had everything and we actually have lisa in the chat so that's pretty cool she says uh, Robbie did a great job telling my story. Thank you.
0: It's um, a terrifying one. It's absolutely terrifying. Thanks for submitting it. thanks for submitting it. It was a great story. My favorite yes. part was the uh the torso ghost
1: well my my favorite part, I, although that's probably one of the scariest parts, the thing that stood out the most to me on this was the voice recorder because this is a a thing that I haven't heard of happening before where her voice recorder was by where she was watching TV and she just hear, here's it start going off almost like it's and getting responses. You can't even get the thing to stop until she pulls the batteries out of it. So it's like a whole different haunting. Like it's trying, like the ghost is actively trying to communicate when someone's not trying to communicate. Right. It's strange
0: because obviously we've got a lot of experience with spirit boxes. I've never heard of a spirit taking a device and turning it into basically a spirit box. And that kind of makes me think that, um, spirit box is pretty legitimate piece of equipment. If this thing is turning it into it just to use it.
1: Right. So that, that was a different type of haunting. And like I said, that stood out to me like crazy. And, uh, there's so many other things to go over in the story. Also heated floors. How rich. Lacey, nice. you must you must be loaded. I need some heated floors over here in Boston. Have you, ever you heard of people with heated driveways. Yeah, yes. who
0: are these people? Yeah, that's insane technology. I'm surprised. I mean, it's got to be like super expensive because otherwise, more people, especially in our area, would have it. So, like when snow falls on it, it just melts immediately and it never piles up. That's heated bananas. roofs too for the same reason. Oh, shut up, Dave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no i've never heard jesse of just yet. mad because he doesn't even have a heated house
1: I, I, <laughs> i've been there
0: <laughs> oh, believe me I have a, lot, a lot of money later i have a yeah, new heating system my dog is being absolutely ridiculous yes this is where i want your face while i'm trying to do a show is right in front of my <laughs> microphone just snorting <laughs>
1: <coughs> excuse oh, me man uh yeah so there there was so much and It starts when she goes and breaks and enters into this place. We do not condone to look at this apartment and she feels the presence right away. But we've talked about this before. Sometimes you just have to either move in or stay at a place no matter what because of the position that you're in. You got to find a place to live no matter how creepy it is. If it's if it's somewhere you can afford or somewhere that you need to move to. Hey, if it's got heated floors, you, you just... Take I know, it it's got heated floors. It's a you, sacrifice you, kind of you got to just... make.
0: Yeah. She did say that she uh, she paid $550 at the time.
1: That uh, is cheap. So, this, so this was in like 1932. Unless
0: it was 550 for the heating mechanism, and then you install the floor on top of it.
1: Mm. Mm. do we think the ghost was crawling on the floor because it felt so good maybe like, oh my god this <laughs> <I loved laughs> heated floor these heated floors are that's amazing. why you couldn't get rid
0: of them You <laughs> should have gotten rid of the heated floors that was it made it too comfy for the ghost
1: yeah it was just real comfortable maybe it was
0: drawing maybe it was drawing energy from the heated floor mm. and it only drew enough to become half a ghost oh um, that might be it that makes me think that that's the way that that person might have died in real life is getting like chopped in half or something. Mm, that. So, yeah. that went killed by a heated floor.
1: The, well, let's rule it out.
0: Turn the temperature up too high.
1: This this haunting was so specific and, and so well detailed that I almost thought about pulling it and making an actual episode from Spokane. The problem is we don't know the history on the location, right? So it would just be the ghost story, which isn't the worst case scenario. But I would like to try to find out the actual history as to why that's haunting there. And as Lacey said, she she did a lot of investigations before moving into this place. So maybe something came with her to this place and it wasn't actually already there. Or maybe it was the mirror, although it seems like it wasn't the mirror because she got rid of it, but did not get rid of the spirit. Yeah, it's very possible that something could have followed you if you're dabbling in. Paranormal
0: investigations, we've discussed this, and we even discussed it, I think, on the SK Pierce Mansion, that one of the theories was that the paranormal investigators were making the building more haunted because the spirits were attaching themselves to them. And then here come these paranormal investigators just bringing even more ghosts into an already haunted house. It's kind of a terrifying concept, especially as a group of people who have been to a whole lot of very haunted places. So that's a tale as old as time. mm There's paranormal investigators going in and making it worse.
1: Yeah, not us. Usually usually it's not for that.
0: Charming. Could never be us. <laughs> Usually, it's not because you're just backpacking new ghosts into a house, though, right? Usually, it's because a lot of paranormal investigators will do things to rile up the spirits, or use Ouija boards, or, or different kind of tactics that make things worse within a home. Because let's be honest, most paranormal investigators are not there to rid the house of ghosts. Most of them are just there to to find some evidence of the afterlife which is what we are. I mean, we're not exorcists. We don't go into a house trying to cleanse the house. That's not exactly what we do. Mm. We just go in there and try to find out if the stuff is real and try to make sense of some of the things that happen inside these houses, which I think is the vast majority of paranormal investigators. And if you have a location that is surviving off of paranormal investigations, they don't, they also don't want you to get rid of the ghosts. Please backpack it. Some, some more new ghosts. <laughs> is even more haunted because this is literally their business. Now, if you look up a lot of these places on like Google maps, it's no longer just Penhurst um, Hospital. It's the haunted Penhurst Hospital. If you look up the SK Pierce Mansion on Google Maps, it doesn't say the SK Pierce Mansion. It says the haunted SK Pierce Mansion. You look up the Lizzie Borden house. It, uh, that one, I don't know. But th- there's so many of these houses that <laughs> when you look them up, they literally are marketed, marketed as haunted because it's a business now. Mm. So they don't want you to get rid of the ghost because then they will no longer be the haunted location. They will just be that historic home.
1: Which is also why I like doing the listener episodes, although it's cool to go to those locations that people have heard of and do that and tell those stories. When we hear this story from Lacey in a place in Spokane, Washington, that we would have never heard otherwise, you get a whole unique haunting experience. And we even did it last week in the Bridgewater Triangle, Dave, with the one that you brought us from Kate. That whole story, like everyone knows the Bridgewater Triangle, right? They've heard of the paranormal, the redheaded hitchhiker Route 44, one of the most famous ghosts around here. But then you hit us with that story of the terrifying things that have happened to that family. And it's. I don't want to say refreshing because maybe that's not the right word it's refreshing that i didn't have to deal with it yeah. but <laughs> it's refreshing that there are other stories out there that we get to hear so that's why i like doing these listener episodes. it's true
0: it's a question that i get a lot of, a lot from people when they're just talking about the show is do you think you know they always ask do you think you're going to run out of content for the show and the answer is absolutely not well we might burn through all of like the major ghost stories that everyone knows like the big ones like amityville and the conjuring mm-hmm. house and whatnot We'll never run out of listener submitted ghost stories ever. So you're stuck with us. And
1: And there's other people
0: seem to like it. like I said, these, these episodes have become some of the most popular ones and they're, they're some of my favorite ones as well, because this is why we started the show, which is to tell your ghost stories. Mm. Very true.
1: Do we think that that mirror we've heard of other cases with mirrors? Do we think the mirror had anything to do with this one? Do we think removing it would, would help the situation hurt the situation i I like that she was careful with it and made sure not to break it while removing it but do we think removing it could have actually made the activity worse is the other thing too i wonder if it made it
0: permanent like if it perpetuated Mm. it because if you have if it's working as a portal and something traveled through and that was the way it goes back and forth and you took it away if it was on this side when you removed it now maybe it's stuck there and can't get back through maybe that's why the haunting lasted so
1: long Oh, but I don't an know. Interesting point. Jesse,
0: any thoughts? Um, I don't know. I mean, I just fall back on we don't make the rules. It could, it could be different with each case. So could it be if you remove, if, if it's a haunted object, if you remove from the house, it might work out. It might make things worse. It's, it's probably different case by case. There's no mm-hmm. guidelines on these things. Yeah, but I, but I would ask an expert, you know, I, I would ask if, if you can contact anyone that either is with the church or some sort of demonologist or something like that or people that know things about what to do and what not to do in most of these situations, then it's probably a good idea to figure that out and talk to somebody before you go ahead and and make a move. Because these things, while we talk about this stuff and and obviously we need haunted stories, there's stories of these things that can be deadly. It can be harmful. It can cause sickness. It can cause bad luck. Like we have a whole side content thing on just cursed possessions. And a lot of them are probably complete bullshit. And a lot of them probably aren't. So it's it's better with these things to proceed with caution and just take the necessary steps to make sure that you're being safe.
1: Yeah, that's another point. Like maybe nothing happened in this apartment, but maybe it was the mirror. And how are we ever going to trace the history of this mirror? Probably never be able to, right? Like if it's mm-hmm. an older mirror, like where did it come from? Who had it beforehand? And I guess the final thing to hit on, there's so much we're probably going to miss some stuff to talk about in this because we got to get to other things, but the validation from the friend that saw something in the bathroom as well is always nice. Like it just, it gives you that it's nice and it's not nice. It gives you the validation, but it's like, oh shit, something really is here. Right. Oh, absolutely.
0: I mean, nice for validation on the story. Not nice if you're involved in the situation whatsoever. Right. But you have the heated floor, so you're good. Yeah, it's fine. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah. It's worth yeah. it. I think we hop on the next one. huh? Let's do it.
1: Which one are we going to? Are we just throwing it in, mother? Whatever. You can do whatever you feel. feel do what's in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Here
0: we go. Covington, Georgia. Story submitted anonymously. One cold night, my friend Jason and his wife, both experienced ghost hunters, decided to explore a Confederate Army cemetery. They invited me along, and as luck would have it, I was with another friend who had a high-end camera, perfect for capturing any paranormal phenomena. The four of us reached the cemetery around midnight. It was a dark, biting cold night, and the cemetery was located outside of a small old town. At first we only got a few fun responses on the spirit box and some eerie photos, but nothing that would be as memorable as what would happen later. As we explored deeper into the cemetery, we stumbled upon five graves that were separated from the rest. Four of the five graves belonged to men, all aged over 50. The fifth, however, was of a young woman, Rita, barely 20. Intrigued, Jason decided to test the waters using the spirit box combined with the ghost radar. Suddenly, the spirit box crackled to life. Is there anyone here with us? we asked. A clear yes echoed back. This grabbed all of our attention. Are one of these graves yours? The answer was another unquestionable yes. Suddenly, the ghost radar showed an apparition standing right next to Jason. He leaned over and showed Zach. He whispered, are you standing next to me? The answer was again, yes. The realization was jaw-dropping. As we moved around the cemetery trying to see if it was just a glitch, the ghostly presence followed Jason, staying close. The realization hit us. It must be Rita. Why was she so drawn to him? I had an idea. Rita, do you like me? I asked hesitantly. No response. Rita, do you like Kimberly? No response. Rita, do you like Jason? Yes. The response shocked all of us the young spirit seemed to have taken a liking to Jason. While we never got a complete understanding of why, that night remained etched in our memories. One thing you have to know about me is that I hate the unknown. If there is another spirit in the room, I want to talk with it to understand what it knows. So I took a class to be a psychic and to learn how to physically channel other entities. These classes were in spring and summer. That winter, Jason, Kimberly, his brother, and I decided to go back to that Confederate cemetery. Armed with my newfound abilities, we hoped to sense and communicate with entities. The night was bone-chilling, and the perpetual gloom of rain and fog over several days made it miserable. We picked a spot near where we had previously encountered Rita. I sat down to meditate on the cold, wet grass, with the others forming a protective triangle around me. I used to never let a door be to my back, let alone be in a cemetery trying to conjure up a ghost unprotected. As I slipped into a trance, I sensed numerous entities encircling us about fifty feet away. They seemed curious yet hesitant, unwilling to approach too closely, like curious onlookers at the zoo looking at the animals. The cold intensified for me, and while the others acknowledged the chill, they didn't feel it quite as I did. Suddenly, a voice echoed in my mind. When you channel, you are using different parts of your brain. It's difficult to remember what happens because it's being stored in your short-term memory. Channeling is even less memorable because you become a vessel, the thoughts flowing through you like water down a stream." Jason, Kimberly, and William started asking me questions. I know I am responding to them, but I barely remember the details of the communication. However, As Kimberly posed a particular question about a word coming through the spirit box, the entity speaking through me seemed confused. I realized that this entity wasn't one of those watching us. And then William spoke to Jason. Look up, he whispered. I couldn't. Breaking my connection would mean losing the entity. But I sensed something behind me. I swatted, feeling nothing. The others continued to stare upwards, awe and fear evident in their hushed voices. Suddenly, a scream shattered the silence. It was Kimberly. I snapped out of my trance and looked up. Above us, a perfect triangle was carved into the cloudy sky. The only break in the thick cover. But that wasn't all. Behind me, where I had felt a presence, each of my friends saw something different. A smoky apparition, a Confederate soldier astride his horse, and a shadowy figure. I asked them what was in the sky. They said there were three lights at the corners of the triangle that was definitely not stars. As the night wore on, the triangle in the sky slowly warped, shifting with the moving clouds. What started as a sharp distinct shape turned soft and distorted. That night, amidst the graves of the long deceased, we experienced something beyond comprehension, a confluence of the earthly and the cosmic. The triangle in the sky, the spectral figures, my mysterious channeling all intertwined in a mystery we hope to one day understand that story is crazy yeah it really was i was looking forward to covering this one we got it sent in uh not terribly long ago but they did submit it anonymously and then ricardo did ask in chat if he also changed the names of his friends and used pseudonyms he did those were the names of the power rangers he switched (laughs) them to so I was, was going to tell
1: everyone in Discord but later, but yeah, it was all the Power <laughs> Ranger names.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. But uh, a couple of interesting things about this one. So I like the perspective of a ghost story from a ghost hunter in the first person, which is pretty cool because we obviously can relate to that. And I didn't know that you could take us a medium class. I thought it was either you had it or you didn't. So that I found pretty fascinating to learn.
1: Usually it's a small class or a large class. Yeah,
0: I was thinking about looking into it myself. Wait, oh, damn it. <laughs> Leave the terrible jokes to me and Dave. The, I, I've seen that because we're, we're part of the uh South Shore Paranormal, which is like a Facebook group in Massachusetts. If you're not, I mean, if you look for a group to join, that's fine. But they share events that are going around the area. And I, I think there's been a couple of classes that have been shared to that, which is like, you know, tap into your mediumship, if you will. Mm. so apparently it's something i mean maybe it's something that you're going there to figure out if you have it or if you don't but i don't know haven't gone to one but i should yeah yeah maybe it's something that maybe it's something that everybody has to a certain degree but certain people are more sensitive to it and other people who aren't just don't know how to tap into it maybe that
1: well we've um, also seen it in investigations that we've gone to where we feel like the more investigations we've gone on the more open we are to feeling things at the location mm -hmm. so maybe we are tapping more into that and I, a class, it maybe I don't, it won't, it won't hurt if we went to it. Right. Right. Is what mm-hmm. I would say. So maybe yeah. it's something to look into.
0: I think that'd be fine. Uh, and chat Serena says, I hate Rob. We just did Eastern state. It was awesome. But most uh, importantly, two, she said, two, I hate Rob. Yeah. Two <laughs> very important points there. And I completely agree. Yeah. she actually followed that up saying "As a hypothesis that we all have mediumship? So, That does make sense, as well. Um, Um, Matthew Thomas in chat says, "I hate Rob." Uh, You can forget about the rest of the comment. That's that's just the most important (laughs) one right there.
1: Mm. Ricardo
0: in chat says, "I hate you, Rob." I'm I'm liking the way this chat's going tonight. This is very good. It's definitely going in the right direction for sure. We're all starting to get on the same page here. It's perfect.
1: Great.
0: Right. Another cool thing about this story that I found consistent with a lot of the ghost investigations that we do is the ghost took a liking to one certain person, whether they actually like that person or not. They were just trying to connect to that person. It's not the first time I've heard of that. And it's not the first time that we've witnessed something like that. Typically we go to locations and the ghosts don't like Jesse for whatever reason. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get yeah. it. Chad hates Rob. Ghosts hate me. It's a weird, <laughs> weird situation there. And everyone hates Dave. So it all works out. <laughs> That's true. I think it's just you, Rob. I think it's just the <laughs> I'm starting stage. to notice a pattern here. But no, you're absolutely right, because it seems like in different locations, for whatever reason, we're all in the same room. Sometimes we go in a room solo, but when we're all together, it seems that either whoever we're trying to communicate with spirit-wise will either pick one person that they want to talk to, or they'll pick one person that they want to pick on. And it's just it's strange that it, it does seem to be a trend that it, whatever is going on good or bad, it seems to target one person or hone in on one person.
1: Mm.
0: So it's it's something that we've seen as well.
1: You know what we haven't done? The three of us have not investigated a graveyard together I don't believe.
0: Actual investigation, no. But we make it a point to try to, whenever we go to a haunted location, we try to go, or at least you guys, do, because you were always there earlier than me, try to get to the graveyard and find the burial site of whoever died inside the house or whoever's related to the house. Yeah. So,
1: yeah uh, the
0: actual investigation inside a graveyard, I don't really think we have, which is weird because I always live inside a graveyard yeah you really got one right there my one. last house was in, in a graveyard. why are we not doing this my, my the street i used to live on in marshfield was winslow cemetery road the, the street was named after the cemetery yeah yeah who are we maybe when we go down south and we go down to maybe get savannah georgia because that that would be a really cool ghost story a ghost story graveyard to to investigate
1: dave in dave we live in new england we're the oldest graveyards in the country. You have a haunted graveyard on the street from your house. You want to leave? you live near old Burial Hill Cemetery in Plymouth. You can mm-hmm. walk through it. Yeah.
0: But also we, actually, when we travel. I'm 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 in for that. New Orleans has some haunted graveyards as well. Kate and I and her cousin Courtney from the uh ghost story last week, along with our friend Andy, ended up down in the graveyard last weekend after the uh the uh second wind, 100th episode event and we ran a spirit box session there didn't really get anything though ah so all right we have investigated a haunted graveyard at least dave has
1: the three of us haven't was my point
0: right no that's a good idea i mean we definitely should definitely should it's on the list of things that we need to do but there's there's definitely got to be plenty of them close by our house or in the area that we live in for sure not just plymouth Mm. rachel b says speaking of graves i tried looking for emily's grave in Stowe and couldn't find it we couldn't find it either and we were actually just joking about this on our live panel yesterday day before yesterday and when we were in still we were trying to find it but there was also like four feet of snow on the ground at the time we were literally like plowing through snow banks trying to uncover these graves Hopping over gravestones desecrating the whole gravesite now it it's not- was no desecrating we just desecrated the snow <laughs> <laughs> desecrated your pants well that's not that's not a worse <laughs> I, I meant to say you just got your pants wet from stepping in snow but i wouldn't rule it out you guys are very scared you could have desecrated that's, you they're, desecrated, they're, your, desecrated your pants at emily's bridge later <laughs> ghost shadow thing crawled out anyways before we hop into the next one i do want to get into this story i apologize for not having a pre-recorded video of it but i did want to get to troy's story and i believe troy is actually here in chat so um Troy says, uh, so my aunt owns a horse stable in Wyndham, Connecticut. It's known to be haunted by multiple spirits, including her family members, such as her dad and grandfather. But there is something much darker there. The stables have a gift shop, a Western outfitter, and a playroom for kids' birthdays. This attracts most of the activity. From things being moved around, voices, doors, clothing, electrical malfunctions, and footsteps are just the beginning. My aunt told me a story of a creepy voicemail that was left on her home phone. And when when they called back the number, it was a phone from the gift shop. My story kind of puts a chill down my spine. But when I was around 12, my uncle decided we were going to go, we were going to get the pay-per-view WrestleMania and stay out there to watch it. So it was me, my uncle, and my cousin who was 10 at the time. It started off with us hearing things moving in the shop, then in the playroom, there was a ball pit for the kids parties that sounded to be moving moving about like someone was in there so we went with my uncle who i could tell was frightened too when we got back there it felt like it dropped 10 degrees and there was an uneasy feeling that eyes were on us but we didn't see anything crazy we thought we heard a voice that wasn't the tv that was just the start they had a sensor that would go off when someone would enter the gift shop it started going off. So my uncle went and unplugged the sensor. By the time we got back to the TV, it went off again, even unplugged. So we decided that was enough. We killed the lights and walked over there to the house, which resided on the property. By the time we got to the front door of the house, we looked back and towards the shop, there was a light turned on, even though we had just turned everything off. The place still to this day has something off about it. It sounds like a horrifying experience. It does. I find these situations very fascinating where you have an electrical or piece of equipment that's doing something it shouldn't, and then you kill the power source to that, and it continues to misbehave. Mm. To to me, that's, that's nothing but paranormal. It has to be. There's no other explanation for it.
1: The, the story that he tells about like all being there and going to watch the the pay-per-view and stuff, it's creepy, but I find the one before even scarier where you get a phantom call from a number yeah, on, on the voicemail. property that yeah. that's vacant. I would like to know what was creepy about the
0: voicemail. Like, was it, was a person saying something? Was it just some heavy breathing, static noise? I would like to know what was on that voicemail. Mm. So there's definitely some very creepy elements to this. And it did seem like it was kind of escalating. I mean, I, I wonder could it could it have been ghosts, you know, ghosts of kids that were playing in the ball pit. There's there's a bunch of different things there. Rob, will you turn on your ring light? You're getting darker and darker every
1: time I look over there. I can't true. See you. It's true. shadow Rob. I'm just trying to leave the show. That's all. <laughs> just <leave>. slowly slipping <laughs> away into
0: the shadows of Rob's apartment. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, great story, Troy. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Let's hop into the next one. Yeah. I was born in Glenwood, Illinois in 1971. My parents bought their first home in the village of Glenwood shortly after. The area that we lived in was called the Forest by locals due to the proximity of the state forest preserves that circled us. These were all brand new tacked homes, and one looked exactly like the other. There were three styles to choose from. A ranch, a two-story with no basement... Or the two-story basement option. Ours was the basement option. The forest was a young family neighborhood with tons of kids to play with, and all of the streets were named after trees. I'm going to tell you my story of growing up on Maple Street. All our backyards faced the forest preserve, which at one time we were told was Native American land. Come to find out, all of Glenwood was once Native American land. They were moved out like all of the tribes were, and the next settlers were military. They built a training center that lasted until after the Civil War. The complex was left to ruin until it became a camp for Girl Scouts. This will come into play later. My first run-in with spirits is a memory of a young man in a Civil War uniform beckoning me to come with him. He was standing at the very edge of the woods, waving to me. I remember sitting on my big wheel on our newly built second-story porch waving back at him. He called to me to come play. And i took off at full speed off the edge to join him i ended up with a broken arm but i must have been incredibly lucky because i'm still here to talk about driving off the porch when i was three my sister chris was seven the first time she saw him standing at our fence closer now than before he called to her to come play and she jumped into our newly erected pool to reach him unfortunately chris couldn't swim saved by my father He didn't understand why she jumped in. Our parents knew the neighborhood was haunted. They would gather to play cards with the other neighbors, and all of them would share stories of weird happenings and talk about what their idiot kids got into. My father's favorite story was how our sliding glass door would fly open on its own. He'd joke that he invited the ghost in for a beer, but he never showed up. When I joined the Girl Scouts, we had our yearly camp out in the old Civil War barracks. That's when I found out that all of us Maple Street kids had a story to tell. I saw the ghost the first time at three, my sister at seven. Our neighbor Sue saw him standing in the middle of her yard waving at her at nine. Keith, who lived four houses down from me, saw him outside his window in junior high. When I was older at my first sleepover, Teresa, thirteen years old, told us that he knocks at her back door. Her mom had been so scared that she called the police, thinking it was a burglar. Freaked out. They had an exorcism done and moved a year later my family moved from glenwood when i was 17 but not before the young man in the civil war uniform stood at the end of my bed tugging on my blankets wanting me to come play we're all in our 50s now every one of us has moved away from the village of glenwood but we stay in touch tons of ghost stories came out of our little street by the woods cabinets flew open pictures would fly off of walls At night, I remember watching my toys play by themselves on the shelves. More than one dog hung itself on its chain over a fence rather than look into the woods at night. Our dog would sometimes be punted across the room by an unseen foot, and light bulbs would explode, sending shrapnel at its victims. Phones would ring, but nobody would be there on the other line, and our piano would play a tune when you least expected it. Listener submitted story from Nancy. Glenwood. Illinois. thank you nancy for that terrifying story that was wild it is wild there's a lot to unpack here for one you have an entire neighborhood of people mostly kids that are idiots not totally kids, <laughs> idiot kids that all experienced a haunting from what sounds like the same ghost moving around mm. and It's alarming because these kids are harming themselves because they're so drawn to go play with this ghost. You have two sisters that went off the porch because like this guy, this civil war soldier wants to play. So you had Nancy who rode her big wheel bicycle right off the porch, broke her arm. And then you had her sister, Chris, who almost died. Because she fell into the pool that was now underneath the porch, I would assume. And her father was there to save her, thank God. Thank father. And yeah, it is like this is crazy stuff. You had another family that was so creeped out by this ghost that was knocking at their back door that they had some sort of an exorcism. I'm assuming they exorcised the house because I don't think anyone got possessed, but I don't know that whole story. It's insane. There's so many layers to this. And then you had dogs that were straight up harming themselves. Yeah. Anna says spirits that hurt dogs are also demons. I don't think the spirit hurt the dog, though. I think the point of the dog story was that the dog was so scared, it most likely accidentally hung itself on the chain trying to get away from it. That's the way I it. But they said multiple. That was was one dog. Yeah, Nancy's dog, was they they witnessed it right. kicked across the, the room. So Yeah, that's right. There was something absolutely evil
1: in these woods and i'm shocked we don't hear more stories like this where the haunting is collective of a neighborhood or multiple buildings we've heard a few throughout time there was the ghost that okay denver there was also the one that was in um god the theater remember the theater ghost that that was haunting not just the theater but the apartments around it as well
0: in New Zealand,
1: yes, New Zealand, oh mm, yeah, yeah, so we do hear these stories, so it's a little uh it's a little interesting when you hear more of these, yeah, you got this one that's
0: definitely seemed to haunt the entire neighborhood, and seems like all yeah, it was almost like I think it was Matt who who commented that it was kind of like it where all of the kids are are experiencing a haunting, but the difference, obviously, with it being fiction and this being a true story would be they're all seeing the exact same ghost. They're all, they're all describing it as a ghost who is wearing Civil War attire and he seems to be getting... Dude, he, like, I get goosebumps thinking about the story because he he keeps getting closer and closer in every one of these stories. So it started with Nancy's story. He was out right at the edge of the tree line and then when her sister saw him, he was closer. He was at the fence. I get goosebumps again. And then when you have her one of her neighbor's stories, he's knocking on the back door. It's like he's getting closer and closer to these houses. That family straight up moved out after the exorcism. I probably didn't work, right? So they they got spooked and they they moved away. And it seems like everyone pretty much moved away, but they all stay in contact and, and talk about the hauntings that took place there. And it wasn't just the kids that were experiencing this. All of the adults also right. believed that the neighborhood was haunted and they had their own ghost stories to tell. It didn't sound like they were as extreme or as harmful as what was going on with the kids. But we've said this a million times it's, it, I think kids can see stuff that adults can't and while the adults accepted that the neighborhood was haunted and knew that something bad was going on there, they um, they 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 weren't getting it at, at such extreme levels as, as the children and the pets were.
1: So well I was just gonna say not just the children but the pets as well clearly and mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing
0: but you had your broken bones I mean obviously when you fall off a porch bad things are gonna happen but you you almost had a death. And thank God you didn't, but you almost had a, a drive. Dave, Dave would definitely die if he fell off a porch. I'd be all right. Especially into the shallow end of a pool. There's no saving him then. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yes. All right, let's hop into the next one. Let's do it. I'm gonna do a little transition screen because otherwise we awkwardly just sit here looking at Dave. Yeah. I have all to like up. the thing is like we have so many videos loaded up that I have to scroll down to find Dave. So I'm always <laughs> like, I gotta find Dave to remove him. All right. <laughs> Shiloh, Tennessee, story submitted by James. I have been a Civil War reenactor for over 25 years now. Years ago, in the 90s and early 2000s, the Shiloh National Battlefield used to host a Confederate living history event on the anniversary of the battle. It was my favorite event of the year, but sadly, budget cuts ended the event. However, this story is from one of my experiences at the annual event. Our reenacting unit was first formed as a Confederate unit which served under Nathan Bedford Forrest at the Battle of Shiloh. Those troopers dismounted and were part of the final assault against the Federal position. To honor them, our unit always held a dawn advance in silence from behind the guns to the snaked fence which marks the Hornet's Nest. Following the advance would be words for those who fell that day. One year, those of us who were born in the northern states, or still lived there, decided we wanted to experience what our ancestors might have seen from the hornet's nest. Our unit had long been wearing both coats, more often federal blue, as most everybody wants to be a rebel. So those of us who grew up in the north brought both coats just for this one time. After our northern members, about eight or ten left to the position themselves behind Ruggle's battle line, we stayed behind until they were a safe distance and then quietly moved towards and into the wood line of the hornet's nest. Now it is important that I note that this was before the wind stripping was done to the undergrowth in lower parts of the trees in the park. When we arrived, we positioned ourselves about three yards in the undergrowth, then we waited. While waiting, as dawn was drawing near, my friend Brian motioned to me and indicated that I should look at our two o'clock. I did, and saw under the large tree, which is almost the halfway point from Ruggles to the fence, twenty Confederates. We were both shocked, because we had never seen anyone else out that early in this part of the park. Just as we shared a puzzled look, our southern guys topped the crest line, I looked at those advancing, and then quickly looked over the tree line, and the twenty men were gone. After appropriate words were given, we started talking about experiences. Brian and I asked about those twenty guys. Not one of our southern friends saw anyone at the tree. Think what you want, but Brian and I can only surmise that those twenty Confederate soldiers were in a residual haunt brought by the sounds, visions, and smells of an army again on the field of Shiloh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is another Civil War ghost story, and this one was at a battlefield, whereas the last one was in Illinois. And I feel like at the battlefields you get more of the residual haunts. I feel like a lot went on there, where you get a lot of energy, but a lot of what you hear, like at this one in, in Shiloh, and uh, again in Gettysburg and Antietam and stuff like that, you get a lot of like residual ones, like. Ghosts will appear they'll be in repetitions they'll be doing cycles and you'll hear gunshots and stuff like that whereas the one in illinois it sounded sounded a little bit more like a, an intelligent haunt where it might have been actually a negative spirit which i don't know i think it's pretty interesting because in illinois there were no battles fought in illinois during the civil war but they did have are you saying that the illinoisans are cowards no no i mean people from illinois did fight they just didn't fight any battles in illinois but mm-hmm. they did have a whole bunch of prisons in illinois where they would send the uh the confederate uh war prisoners to so i wonder if you had a you know a real bad haunt from what is this why what are you smirking at i'm smirking out, out captain mcslug's comment but <laughs> <laughs> it's irrelevant to the stream the i think i think it's i mean it, it it could be someone who fought there it also could just be someone posing or maybe the clothes just look like civil war clothes. I I don't think that that haunting in Illinois had anything to do with civil war. I think it was just something absolutely evil. So it could have been a civil war soldier or it just, it really sounds like it was something evil, perhaps demonic. And that just is what the thing appeared to be wearing. It could be, I was leaning more towards, it could have been the ghost of a war prisoner who was a negative entity because Maybe he was he died in the prison,
1: and maybe that's when he what died. What story are we talking about right now? So it it? We're
0: back to so <laughs> we're we're talking about civil war ghosts, but we did we did return to the previous ghost story. In this one, if this is an actual haunting, you had this a massive amount of apparitions at once. To, like upwards of 20 ghosts at one time. That's so many. And you see this actually in some of the Gettysburg Um, ghost footage if you look at some if you look up some of those videos online there are some pretty chilling videos are they authentic i don't know but you see multiple like ducking it in and out of the trees and it's that's just one of the videos that i've i've seen which wasn't just one ghost one civil war ghost it was it could have been upwards of 20 30 of them so it it has happened in other spots as well but this one if this is a true story and these were actual ghosts that is so many to see at once so many and and Ulysses brings up that's a lot of energy to manifest i I do wonder where do they draw that from maybe they draw it from the people that are there um but that's that's a whole lot whole lot to happen at once it is and the ghosts drawing energy to manifest is just a theory so it might who knows It'll right rules could be for different different kinds of hauntings that mm-hmm. that needs to happen but that is a uh, it's one of the going going theories very cool story i wasn't was sure like where it right. was gonna go i was i was listening in when i was doing the audio for this i'm like when are we getting ghosts here and then it was like oh oh there's just 20 of them just 20, of them. <laughs> <It's> 20. <laughs> just 20. okay that's fine quickly yep. uh i hate rob asks is there limestone there there was an intentional gap there <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I can find out real quick. I assume there is. I know there's limestone in Gettysburg, and Gettysburg is not terribly far from Tennessee. Maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, f- <laughs> what?
1: In relation, it's, it's to, closer, it in relation to here, Japan?
0: It's closer to Tennessee than we are. <laughs> yeah, it depends <laughs> so, on your definition of, of It's a good die, halfway point. Anyways, uh, yeah, it is. Compared to, compare it to Morocco. More. It's super close. It? <laughs> I started Ooh. saying it and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> what did I do? This <laughs> yeah, brings up morning dew, water. Could have been rain. We know that um, could have been close to a waterway. Why, 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 what's this, what's going on here? Just focusing
1: on Jesse. What
0: are you doing? What's <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not touching anything. I don't know what's going on. It's the ghosts.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Go back. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. All right. All
1: right. We are good. Are we good? Let's all just relax. Just take a minute here. Let's let's regroup. Let's get into getting
0: roasted in the comments here. Donnie says Dave once didn't realize Ohio was next to Indiana.
1: (laughs) Uh, There was another time.
0: (laughs) There was another time where I was blown away that Michigan is in the Eastern Time Zone, yet (laughs) Tennessee is in uh, Central or wherever it is. Um. Yeah. We've we, we established you
1: don't know where Tennessee is. That is a that is a that is a residual haunting.
0: I think what we have to do to not upset the folks is we have to all set our desktop wallpapers to a map of the United States so we don't get absolutely roasted here.
1: That's, Would that's, you guess
0: that that Michigan, even like the west side of Michigan, is west of Tennessee? I'm gonna we're, get into another ghost east story. East of here. Tennessee, you mean? Yes. Let's do the next
1: one. (laughs) Moving
0: on. I'm the closing manager at a sports bar slash restaurant in Hendersonville, Tennessee. The building itself is about 12 years old, and I have no idea what was there beforehand, but that's not really all that relevant. Just another building that you wouldn't really expect to be haunted. But you'd be wrong. Again, I'm the closing manager. So obviously I'm there pretty late five nights a week. Over the years I've had several experiences, at least once a month I have the sensation that someone is following me around, while I'm going about doing my dummy checks, making sure that the doors are locked and everything is turned off. I haven't seen any apparitions, but I get the impression that it's a woman. There's the normal complement of random noises, etc., but the thing that really convinced me that something spooky is there happened pretty early on. This was approximately my third solo case ever. I had just sent the kitchen closer and bartender home while I finished my paperwork. It's not exactly protocol, but I had a few things to finish and didn't want them to just sit around waiting. It's a fairly tame area, and the cops are usually trolling around looking for idiots to pull over, so all in all I figured I was pretty safe. While I was sitting in my office going through the closing checklist, entering waste and cash on hand, etc., I noticed sounds coming from the bar area behind me. It sounded like a party going on. People were laughing and talking excitedly, a good time being had by all from what I could tell. I check the CCTV cameras and see nobody. So I step out of the office and inch my way towards the door to the bar. I'll admit now I was pretty unsettled. As far as I know, I'm alone in the building. I'll further admit that I pulled out my pocket knife and held it down along my thigh, just in case. I pushed the bar door open and poked my head through and the sound stops. Hello? Somebody there? No response. I spent the next few minutes checking the whole building. Nobody. I checked for anything else that could be making the sounds. Arcade game? Out of order and unplugged. Hold line recording? Deactivated overnight. TV? Jukebox? Whole system turned off. On my way back to the office, I hear the ice machine start clicking and thinking maybe that's it. But just as I sit back at the desk, it starts again, and I can still hear the ice machine under the voices. Needless to say, I finished my paperwork really fast and headed for the door. The voices stopped as I went through the bar on my way out again. But this time, just before I walked out the door, I turned around. Okay, guys, I'll make you a deal. You go ahead and have your fun, but just let me get my work done, and I'll leave you to it, ever since I haven't really had too many issues with the partiers. Other managers have mentioned it, though, but at least they seem to be having fun. Listener submitted story submitted by Trevor, Hendersonville, Tennessee.
1: So haunted ice machines are just a thing now? We're just running into those all the time. Wasn't the ice machine. He debunked it.
0: It was Uh, was the sound of a party inside the bar area. And he thought maybe it's the ice machine, but then he heard it again and he could still hear the ice machine going on underneath.
1: Mm.
0: So it's a pretty, pretty cool haunting. It's kind of like a light haunting compared to the other ones. It's just the sounds of people there, but that wasn't the only thing he also had noticed. He always had a feeling that he was being watched while he was moving around, but it sounds like it's some sort of a residual haunting that just kind of keeps going on within this area. And it's, it's a relatively new building. They don't really know what was there before, so there's no real backstory of why this place would be haunted, but it sounds like it doesn't really matter what went on there before. It just sounds like it's some sort of thing that is repeating itself over and over again. Kind of like the story we just talked about potentially where whoever is haunting this place, it's a whole party of ghosts again. So we, we, again, probably have multiple and it's um it's kind of a cool
1: story. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Absolutely. We need the ones like this too, though, right? Like you, not everything needs to be the scariest ghost story we've ever heard because these are some of the hauntings that are more common. Like the, the one-offs, the few times that you go to some place, the, the slight ones, the, the party atmosphere, that's a little bit different. But I, I, it, was a, it was an enjoyable one. I, I am mean, a little sad it's not a haunted ice machine. And so is the chat.
0: Yeah, that was a cool story. Thank you so much, Troy, for sending that one in. I did enjoy it, and that is uh, the Haunted Bar in Tennessee. Cool. Very good. Dave, Where, if you were um, to point on a map. I'm looking at a map right now, and Tennessee is not <laughs> close to
1: Pennsylvania. I did like um, <laughs> several states uh, in between. <laughs> I like Donnie's new measurement for Dave, where he said, Dave, Michigan is nine breweries north of Indiana. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding.
0: I'm getting killed in the comments right now, <laughs> as I deserve. Too many dumb things at once. Apparently, geography is not my uh, strong point. Now hey, you broke out the whiskey today. It's whi- this is whiskey Dave talking. It's all right. <laughs> We're going. Good. We're good. Uh, we ready to hop into our final ghost story of the night? Let's do it. I think so. Hood Canal, Washington State. Story submitted by Megan from San Francisco. The air in the room was still heavy with the weight of sleep, and I was in bed, dreaming. The dream took place on a rocky beach jutting into the waters of Hood Canal in Washington State. It was sunny and warm. I spent a good portion of my childhood at our family cabin on the Hood Canal, and it was a source of many happy memories. I was on the beach with my sisters and grandmother down by the water. My grandma Thelma was almost 99 years old and seated in her wheelchair while we stood around her. We were talking and just enjoying the time with her. It was vivid. It felt real. Suddenly, my dream world dissolved into darkness, and I was jarred awake. At the foot of my bed, there it was, a bright small pin of light hovering in the stillness of the night. There was no sound, no source that I could discern, just this radiant, enigmatic presence Fear coursed through me as I stared, my breath caught in my throat. I squeezed my eyes shut, scared and unsure of what I saw. A few seconds passed in silence, and I dared to open my eyes again. To my astonishment, the bright light had vanished, leaving nothing but the inky blackness of our room. My husband slept soundly next to me, unaware. I eventually went back to sleep. The next morning I woke up and started my day my nighttime encounter sitting in the back of my mind. The phone rang later that morning, it was my mom. She called to tell me that my grandmother had passed away during the night. As I hung up the phone, tears welled up in my eyes. I then remembered the night's events. I couldn't help but think my grandma, Thelma, had visited me. She had always been a beacon of love and comfort in our lives, and even in death, she had found a way to convey her presence, to let me know she was watching over us. And to assure me that her love endured in the following years i held on to that belief finding solace in the idea that my grandmother had made a final ethereal visit to me those are my favorite kind of ghost stories well i enjoy a good terrifying ghost story we have to remember that these are our listeners and when you have horrifying things happen to you obviously we don't want that to happen but i love the whole getting visits from the afterlife I had like last week. I had the most vivid dream of our grandfather, Dave, and uh, mm. and I just woke up. I was just sad as sad as hell. But we we never got to say goodbye to him, which was obviously heartbreaking. But the dream, the in the dream, it was me and you and our dad, and we were with our grandfather, and he he was he was taking us to go say his final goodbyes, and that was oh. kind of. Kind of touching out. I mean, I don't know if it's paranormal, it was just a dream, but it was it was very, very, very vivid. And it uh yeah, left me sad all day. Damn. Thanks yeah. a lot, Dukes. Making me sad. <laughs> but honestly, it was kind of I don't know, maybe it's a little bit of closure, but or it could just be a dream. But this one, uh again, these are these are my favorite kind of ghost stories because it's you know, it's people kind of almost getting closure, you know. Yeah, and you hear about this pretty frequently where somebody has a dream or they have a vision of something and then they find out that right around that same time is when that loved one died so it is interesting how they're that's one of those ghost stories that kind of keep recurring over and over it is it is and um the picture that you had with the uh, light at the foot of the bed cool picture i'm assuming that was ai mm-hmm. Was it Harry Potter? <laughs> it's like the smallest bedroom ever. I was all claustrophobic looking at it. I'm like, damn, he's in the cupboard under the stairs. Yeah. I don't know. You never know what you're going to get with these AI image generators. It is a real crapshoot. <laughs> that it is, is an weird. understatement. You know, what you should do, Rob, is is on Patreon, you should drop all of the red-headed hitchhiker. <laughs> oh, wait. Images. I just got the best idea. We should do a whole episode Of ghost stories, but use like the really bad AI images that we get. (laughs) It'll be straight comedy for like 20 minutes. It'd be amazing. You have to see how many ridiculous ones these things come up with. It's insane the way AI does these images. But it, it, they also come up with the most hilarious things, especially when you, you type in the worst, most horrifying prompts, and it gives you the goofiest image of all time. But
1: I'll, I'll add a channel to our Discord tonight. I'll drop some of them in. And what we'll do is if we get bad ones after the episode airs, just so we're not tipping anything, the next day or a few days later, we'll start adding those images into the, that one. Yeah, That's going to be a great, great
0: idea. idea. I'm excited yeah. for that one. I'm excited for that one so if we didn't get to your ghost story today that doesn't mean we didn't like it and that doesn't mean we won't in a future episode um you can email them over to us at uh hometown ghost at gmail.com or you can hop in discord and drop it in the hashtag your ghost stories text channel and we'll get to as many as we can we can only fit so many into these episodes i always think like okay we got five three-minute stories how are we gonna make this episode more than forty five minutes long? And here we are at an hour twenty and so it does it does
1: fill up the time pretty quick, but we will get to more as we continue along so and if you sent it, thank you. We try to send emails back thanking everybody or thanking you in the discord, but especially during spooky season, the three of us are busy. We had three live events in eight days. We we're trying to put episodes together. So we're not ignoring you. We appreciate every email that's sent, every message that's sent. We just can't always respond. Not exactly. always. But and we're gonna do rest, our best.
0: rest assured, if you sent us a ghost story, Rob has that in a folder somewhere. Yeah, 100 percent it's a
1: folder titled listener ghost stories i know it's a. how are we gonna
0: figure that out rob i don't know
1: (laughs) i don't know have you seen me
0: try and navigate a map (laughs) (laughs) our our plymouth takeover is is over for now we did have three live events in plymouth massachusetts thank you to absolutely everybody who stopped by showed support hung out came to the event to um listen to us tell the same ghost stories over and over again we had multiple people that showed up to all three so yep. thank you and sorry for t- we, we tried to mix it up in the third one the third one was a lot of fun so we had like a live panel room where we sat and basically recorded a whole podcast so we're going to drop that at least on patreon and let you guys hear some of the stories that we told we we dove into some haunted headlines that we hadn't talked about and kind of went over some of the some of the stories that we um that we normally do but put a twist on it It, but we had we had a lot of fun with that That was that was pretty cool so shout out to mayflower brewing for hosting us and gave us the whole headliner slot there kind of finished off the whole night that was a pretty cool event always very important yeah clearly yes we are very very important folks here and then craft beer cellar in plymouth and second wind brewing that was a hell of a way to wrap up october but we're not finished just yet Tomorrow. Our plan is to go live, right? And review the first mm-hmm. movie. So, the yep. first ever live horror movie review. Yes. We're doing the, yeah, you're looking true? at me. Yeah, definitely. Live? We have yeah. done one live.
1: Okay. We've done That's live
0: um, side content, like Cursed Possessions. Gotcha. Ouija board was live, and I think the, uh, the Cursed Chair was live. But never a live horror movie review. So you get that the first time. Tomorrow we're reviewing the original Halloween from 1978. Cool. So it probably will be nine o'clock. We'll, we'll drop the official time for the live stream on on the social media platforms and let you guys know and, and definitely in Discord and let you guys know exactly what time we're going to go live. And we'll set up the broadcast so you'll see that the way that you normally see live broadcasts. We'll let you know when we're going to do that. Obviously, trick-or-treating. It's going to be a busy night for everybody. I know some people have Halloween plans, as you might expect. I have kids. We'll be doing that stuff as well. But We're gonna uh probably go live nine, maybe nine thirty, but we'll let you know before we do for sure. It's a it's a good uh reason to make sure that you have your notifications turned on for our YouTube channel. That way you'll get us a little alert when we do go live in case we do it at a random time. But it will be right around nine o'clock. We're gonna shoot for nine. Sounds good. All
1: right. I have one five star review to read while you pull up the Patreon list. And it is from Jules Sack titled Great Show. I love this show. I'm almost caught up on all the episodes. Keep the shows coming, guys. So quick, brief, but five stars and to the point. And thank you, Jules, for leaving that review for us
0: very good so you'll be soothed by the sounds of my dog snoring next to me now because she's doing everything <laughs> she can to make as much noise as possible this episode as I read out this list of wonderful VIPs and patrons so for our VIPs we have Allison V, Anna C, Dakota G Donnie N, Glitter T's Cammy from Washington we have Jeannie R, Jennifer P, Joseph S, Lisa J, Mike Oubliette Blake, we have Mom and Pops W we have Nick, we have Robert H, Demon King and Inspires Gaming, thank you so much for being VIPs for the Warrens War for the Warrens Wards we have Ambie Rose, Kath Q, we have Chris Connery currently lbps founder next GS guest we have dave skipped geography classes <laughs> damn it that was quick mar that was quick we have dc we have elizabeth young we have eugene m we have lily we have i hate rob we have jake v janice g papa squatch rachel b rob sucks at video games sarah cook siobhan not sharon we have steph a of the church of the Stephanie stitch kitten sydney b we have the other rachel b we have why hasn't patrick swayze made ghost 2 yet oh (laughs) oh nice (laughs) i like that for the ghost pirate mafia we have al capone we have al capone's allegedly poorly taxidermied wife we have alicia espinoza we have anthony rob is aware there is no r in impala right (laughs) they have arcade hunters we have actually we have brandon uh brandon w shit how do i read this oh we have Bubba love this is all one word Bubba the love Panda riding a bike, a snowstorm five-star review. I <laughs> so it <laughs> Bubba the love Panda riding a bike in a, in a snowstorm five-star review. Thank you. I love that you added five-star review into your actual name there. <laughs> we have Captain McSlugs. Captain McSlugs, I, I, I cannot, during reading this book, I cannot yeah. pronounce Captain McSlugs correctly. My it's voice is just- now. My mouth just fails when that happens, but uh again, happy anniversary to Catherine McSlugs and Katherine McSlugs, and enjoy your time. I can't believe they're they're at a casino right now celebrating their anniversary, and Catherine McSlugs is in chat. So that mm-hmm. is dedication right there. We have Colby yeah, has, has a, a short image. <laughs> we have Crystal Quinn. We have freddie Krueger's allegedly poorly taxidermied, silent severed fingers. Ghost <laughs> 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 stories of the Paranormal Podcast. Castle. We have Huggy Bear. We have Jesse. May all of your dreams come true. Love, Freddy.
1: We have Joe R. We
0: have Julie S. Kelly C. Carolee J. Mary R. We have Mark Twain in The Haunted Grape. We have Mina H. Mariah M. Paul from St. Louis. Pork. We have R. You know the drill. We have Sam from Nepal. Sharon V. We have Solar Flare. Soph Hooper. The Big Spagnasty. We have Thick Boy Freddy's a <laughs> poorly desecrated grave-stomping <laughs> pants. Oh! <laughs> a lot to process did, did that start with thick boy freddie it did because we were talking about when freddie was wearing the uh oh, yeah. wearing the fire resistant suit <laughs> poorly desecrated grave stomping oh, that's okay so that's also, also recent. who is it? that that was amazing craig uh, i i don't want to read out the email but i don't know <laughs> we All have right. wayne christie and we have uh adam s Thank you guys oh so much for God. being on Patreon. <laughs> I'm crying. That was Never cease to amaze me, thick boy Freddy. I haven't listened back to that review. Now I got to go back and listen to it. Ay ay. ay. All right. <laughs> this is literally my favorite part of the show. It, it yeah. We were <laughs> like, how are we gonna how are we gonna deal with Patreon when there's when there's too many names? And now it's like, I if I was just a listener of this podcast, I would fast forward right to the Patreon names. <laughs> I love that I. I don't go into this and, and and prepare myself because it makes it even better anyways oh, it's, it's Chauncey <laughs> <laughs> alright thank you guys for listening we'll be back tomorrow night with another live broadcast happy Halloween to anybody who isn't able to make a live stream tomorrow and uh, we'll see you guys next time